When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ready. Play. I'm on mute. I need so to come was, on mute. So was I. <laughs> no, I think I put you on mute, Jethro. So on that no. occasion, it was my fault. Hopefully, Miles will be joining us as well in a minute or two. Uh, and as soon as he's here, I'll bring him in. Um, how are you, Jethro, by the way? Yeah, not too bad. Long day again. But um, I'm excited to get into this episode and then go watch uh, Schwartzman v. Brooksby in Auckland right after this. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, Auckland, yeah. You, by the way, are you looking forward or are you trying? Are you, have you got tricks up your sleeve in how to adapt to to normal life back home in the UK, but also uh, trying to cover the tennis as, through the night? Yeah, I think it's just going to be a case of taking it as it comes, really. Um, yeah, it will depend on my work schedule. Um, I work quite varied hours in my job, so... You know, we'll um, I'll work around it. Uh, we've got, I've already got one one show plan with you, haven't I? So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm off for a week or two. Oh, in fact, I'm off for two weeks. I might have a, just a couple of brief stints at work in that two week period, but but pretty much off for two weeks. Uh, hi, Ashley. Hi, uh, D. As well as we we call this guy D, but you'll like them because I think he's a Dominic team fan, as you'll see from his Very picture. Good. I'm going to introduce the concept of today's show. So pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. Um, basically, I'm going to throw out a name and Jethro and I, and hopefully Miles too, when he joins us, we are going to make the case for and against said player to win the Australian Open singles, men and women. So uh, I could say, for example, Jethro, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Uh, just an example. I want the case for um, Boris Becker. <laughs> well, hmm. 
<laughs> we're talking I'll, I'll what, 2020. Okay, we're talking Jeff, 2023. Here's the case. Here's the case for Boris Becker. He's no longer behind bars. Now you give me the case against. Um, well, he's been retired for what 30 odd years. Um, he's not an athlete anymore. And <laughs> well, he's doing he was an athlete. He was an yeah. athlete. By the way, yeah, hi, Miles. Hi, hey, everybody. Just explaining the concept. I think Jethro's got it now anyway, and um, and I'm hoping the audience have too. I was just saying, basically, the concept is I'm going to throw a name out and I'll say, Miles, tell me why XXX player is going to win the Australian Open. Jethro then conversely will give me a, give us a case against, basically. So I gave him a bit of a curveball. I said, give me the case for or against uh, Boris Becker. And I said, listen... He's no longer behind bars. That's the case four. And Jethro uh, obviously had a fairly lengthy list of reasons why he won't. But that's basically yeah. it. Any questions, Miles? I got it. All Great. Good. Jethro, you got any final questions before we go in? Nah, I'm all good. Great. So let's begin with uh, Jethro. I want, to give you, I want you to give me the case for... Rafael Nadal to win the men's singles in Melbourne. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, well, obviously won it last year in pretty amazing fashion. Um, he is a player you can never count out. And we learned, you know, we learned that even more on multiple occasions last season. Um, you know, it would be it's gonna be tough, but he's got he's got the tennis. Um, and if he gets a good draw and doesn't face Djokovic, um, you know, it could it could happen. It could definitely happen. Great. Miles, give me the case against. I think he has a good one of form to get to possibly the second week, but um, I don't know if he has the, the it's kind of weird to put moxie or not having enough moxie in the doll in the same sentence, but maybe because I haven't seen him lift the trophy since the French Open, I kind of feel like he... Uh, doesn't believe he can actually go that far. I know he has tons of experience to lean on, but and he's a defending champion. But I kind of feel like he is questioning uh, his level of tennis in association with his body. So a, a mixture of his health and just his tennis not being able to produce um, elite levels enough to beat the likes of Cam Norrie or Alex Demonor in the past week or two um, leave me with some question marks if he's actually going to go all the way to lift the title. Fair enough. And I loved how succinct you both were. That's exactly what I want. Uh, I'll just say avoid Novak Djokovic and anyone's got a. He's one of about 10 players that has a chance. <laughs> uh, case against is, well, I think all of what Miles said. I, I was really interested as well what you said there, Miles, about the confidence thing. It is something that he talked about on camera, off camera, if you like, during the United Cup. Uh, in one of those moments on the bench, I think it was just before the final game against Dimonor. And he's also losing to good players, but he's not losing to Djokovic. He's not losing to Red Hot Felix indoors. Uh, and he's not losing to Daniel Medvedev of 2019. So there we go. Anyway, let's move on because we want to be quick paced here. Uh, maybe somebody here is going to say something as well in the live chat other than uh, Rafa, Rafa, Rafa's the GOAT, Father Time. Exactly. Very good there. Pro and con. Okay, listen, let's begin with you this time, uh, Miles. Give me the case for Caroline Garcia. Confidence, confidence, confidence. I think that she um, realizes that she has a second chance at this uh, 
this elite level, maybe top three, top two, even maybe even maybe number one as the season progresses. And she realizes that time is is kind of ticking, so she needs to swing big and and produce her her aggressive style of tennis that that won her Cincinnati the WTA finals and got her to the semifinals of the US Open. So if she rides that way with confidence, I don't see why she can't uh lift the trophy in Australia. Fair enough. Uh give me the case against Jethro. Um I mean, I guess I'm, if I'm giving a case against, it's not going to be anything negative towards her. It's just going to be about how well her rivals play, I think. Um, I think she's going to do well. But yeah, I think if she runs into <clears throat> an unbeatable Sviantec or Sabalenka's peaking or someone like there's a lot of, you know, a lot of firepower on the WTA tour and someone could come along and just have a really good day against her. She could have an off day, you know, she she does sometimes. And so... That's really all I can think of that would put her out of contention. But yeah, so her chances are decent. But yeah, I think there are players who can raise their game against her, like like Eager and maybe Sabalenka and Ons, maybe. So yeah, it's it's for me it's all about the competition when it comes to her. She's in the brand, the band just below the sort of well, Eager's number one, but a very narrow number one for me. And then she's in the next group of potential winners who wouldn't be a surprise if they won it. Um, then there's the next group, which is probably 50 players. Um, anyway, okay, uh, let's go for the next one. Let's begin with you again, Miles. Uh, quite an easy one for Miles and maybe a little trickier for Jethro. There's a clue. Uh, Miles, I want you to give me the case for Novak Djokovic. Oh, Australian Open. <laughs> Here we go. You've got um, 30 to 60 seconds, preferably. Got it. Um talent with a mixture of um history uh i think anybody that realizes that they have been so successful at one tournament shows up to that tournament realizing that they can do it do it again especially off the heels of winning a title uh last week in adelaide i feel like again similar to what i said with caroline garcia he has uber amounts of confidence history is on his side he hasn't lost there since 2018 i believe so um, there's very little that leads me to believe that he actually won't win it again. So, Give me the case against, Jethro. Well, if um, Dennis Isterman or Hai and Chung somehow get last-minute wild cards, then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. No, I mean, it's... And maybe we'll get a vintage stand for Vrink performance and he meets Djokovic <laughs> in round one. Who knows? Um, it's going to take something very special. Um and if it's, it's, yeah, it's going to take a special performance to beat him. And, and if that's going to come from someone, I'm probably going to say it's going to come from Yannick Sinner, I think can match up quite well against him. Uh, I don't think Medvedev is going to be too confident going into a match with him if they do play, because, yeah, the conditions in Australia are just so much more suited to Novak, whereas Sinner is probably better on the quicker court. So I'd probably have to say either Sinner or someone who's just absolutely hitting the crap out of the ball. If Domin- if he meets Dominic team round one or two and teams found his A game from 2020, there, I'll give I'll give, give, give team Sinner over Vrinko as my answers to taking him out. Yeah, uh, it's very easy to make the case for. Uh, I would just say really the draw is probably the best thing to sort of clutch at if you, are, if you want uh, to see someone fresh and new winning it. Uh, you know, if he just has... 
back-to-back un- misfortune with the draw, whether it be Runa and Felix, if you like. And, and um, you know, Medvedev can beat him uh, in a major final. and But it's all ifs, buts and maybes. And probably there's too many stars that will have to align to prevent him. But, but who knows? Okay. Um, next on our agenda, and I'm going to ask Jethro to commence with this one. Uh, give me a case for... Casper Ruud winning the Australian Open. Hmm. Um, well, I think I'll start with saying he needs a decent draw. But, you know, this is a guy who got to two, two Grand Slam finals last season, and that was no fluke. He also got to the ATP finals final last last year. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got to the final again because he's good at getting to finals. The next step is winning these big tournaments. So... He would probably need to face someone that isn't called Novak Djokovic. And who knows? He, he, you know, I mean, there's quite a lot of people who said that he didn't, he wasn't competitive against Alcaraz in the US Open final, but, you know, he was points away from taking that set, taking that to a two sets to one lead and just played a terrible tie break. But yeah, I, I think there are chances there. He's certainly in my top 10, maybe kind of top, top seven kind of, you know, r- rankings for the, for the title. So yeah, he's got a chance. Give me the case against um, Miles. I just don't believe if he believes he can really, at this point in his career, lift a hardcore major. I feel like he fancies himself almost 150% on a clay surface. Um, I think he's fit enough to go deep. I just don't know if he has the confidence to see himself lifting the trophy um, on the final Sunday. And he hasn't won a hardcore title. He's gone deep in some very prestigious hardcore tournaments, but he hasn't won a hardcore title upwards of a 250. So in my mind, it would be kind of a stretch for him to go from San Diego 250 to Australian Open champion. So Fair enough. Uh, I think it's probably slightly harder to make the case for, but uh, uh, he's, you know, he's one of 10 players that if they're in the opposite side to Novak Djokovic, they'll think, well, you know, Casper will think, I can beat Matteo Berrettini. I did a, a, a slam last year. I can beat X, Y, and Z. I've just got to the ATP Tour Finals, you know. I beat Andre Rublev there. So, you know, if you're not in the half of Novak Djokovic, you'll say, I've got a chance of getting to the final. Okay, uh, next on our list, and um, I'm going to throw another curveball, I think, by simply putting this name on the screen... And the first one of you two that knows who this is um, can answer and give me a case for them winning the Australian Open. If I'm sounding a bit cryptic right now, the reason being is simply this. Uh, Tell me the reason why this person is going to win the Australian Open. So who is this? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ken Win Jing. Very, very, yeah. very good. Very good. We could have got in all sorts of trouble there, but we got it bang on. And by the way, if I've got this wrong, uh, um, viewers, and I may well have, uh, blame Google. Uh, I actually put King Wen Jeng into Google, and it actually said, did you mean this? 
And by the way, this could be vegetarian lasagna for all I know. But um, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, it's Kin Wen Jeng. So I was a bit, yeah, I was a bit worried that that was just someone's name, just in Japanese, and we just had to guess. I was just like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to get that. I think am I? I've okay. got this right, and I don't get, uh, don't get both cancelled and and taken down from yeah. YouTube. Listen, Miles. <laughs> either way, give me the case for uh, Kin Wen Jeng winning uh, the Australian Open. Wilder things have happened. I don't think anybody saw Sophia Kennan as like a out, maybe outside of a top 15 seed winning the 2020 Australian Open. Um, and I do believe the WTA outside of the dominance that Igor Swiatek showed for most of 2022 is in a state of, for lack of a better term, flux. So with somebody with her game style that has actually uh, shown the talent and uh, weapons enough to beat Sviatek. I don't see where we live in a world where it's not impossible. You know, if she catches fire for two weeks and has a favorable draw, I can totally see her winning the Grand Slam of the Asia Pacific. There you go. Nicely uh, ran it off there. Uh, give me the case against uh, Jethro. I think it will just come down to experience. Um, I think she's playing Kvitova in the, in the morning, actually. So I'm quite keen to see how that match goes because Kvitova mm. started to start the season really, really well. Um, but yeah, I just think it's experience. I do I do really think she's going to be an amazing player. Um, yeah, I've thought that ever since the French Open, really. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she did like, entirely. Like there'd be a lot more surprising winners than her. But um, yeah, I just, I'm not sure if she's experienced enough yet to go seven matches unbeaten. That's, that's what it comes down to for me. And there are yeah, so I many see, other good players who can beat her. Because I see both. Players. I see both of what you're saying. I, I, she's for me in in a third group, which would be surprising, but not as far out there as as you said. Kenen winning, uh, maybe even Ostapenko uh, in in Paris, for example, and and uh, and and Von Drusseva as well, who made the final. I think the same. Was it Von Drusseva against mm -hmm. Ostapenko? Was it Ostapenko Halep? Wasn't it? Mm -hmm. In Bandrusova versus Vardy or Rabakana, maybe mm -hmm, yeah. or winning. Yeah, Wimbledon. Rabakana, yeah. Wimbledon. Yeah. They've probably even even Spartak's first first Roland Garros was a big shot. So yep, yeah. she was unseated outside the top fifty, I believe. So mm -hmm. yeah. so yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, let's go with you, Jeffo. Give me the case for Matteo Berrettini winning the Australian Open. Well, I actually put him probably slightly above rude. Um, he looked really, really good in the United Cup. Um, I know he did lose to Fritz and Sitzpass, but, you know, these were really, really tight matches, which kind of a few points decided, you know, the sets, you know, there, but, you know, there was tie breaks. And, yeah, he's he's looking really, really good. His backhand's looking pretty solid. He cannot come up against Nadal or Djokovic because they will just exploit that backhand. But, um yeah, I mean, if he gets on the good side of the draw and he goes on a rampage at a slam, like he's one of the best ATP players in the best of five set level. You know, he made he's made five straight Grand Slam quarterfinals, and you know, because he's been I mean he's been injured in between all of them as well. So, um, and he got to the quarterfinals of the US Open last year, playing probably the worst tennis I've ever seen him play. So, I think the way he's playing right now, I think he is a scary prospect for anyone to face. Um, so yeah. I think you're on the right side of the draw and, you know, not facing Nadal or Djokovic. I think, well, unless Nadal's, you know, not in good form at all, then I think he's in with a shout. Miles, what's the case against? A couple of reasons I have to pick up off what Jethro said. Um, he does have the case, a curious case of as soon as he kind of starts to pick up momentum, he picks up an injury bug. Mm 
Um, so that might work against him in some way. Although he is a good uh, Grand Slam player, I do think he's kind of injury susceptible. Uh, maybe it's because of his build or kind of how he goes about his tennis or, or training or so off the court. I'm not sure. And then um, I would I would say also the backhand is just, is just a, a glaring weakness. I think he's trying his best to knife through it. Um, but if, if somebody pins him in that corner and does a really good job of it or goes backhand to backhand against him, I think he had a matchup against Nakashima in the first round at last year's. Australian okay. Open or early rounds, and, and he played Carlos Alcaraz third round as well. He had a tough, mm -hmm. tough one. Really. Yeah, there's there's a couple of matches that we've seen in uh, Grand Slams that could have gone either way. He has a great fighting spirit, but if he puts himself in one of those deep battles, it could just be a flip of a coin, and it might not go his way. He's getting closer to Rafa as well, and and a Rafa off color. I don't even think that maybe Rafa would would scare Mateo right now, but. Um, I still think if he's ever going to win a slam, it'll be uh, on the grass courts of Wimbledon. Okay. Uh, next one is, uh, Jeff, give me the case for Arena Sabalenka winning the Australian mm. Well, it's, I mean, I'll start off by saying it's really nice to see her in the position she's in now compared to the last Australian swing because poor girl couldn't couldn't hit a serve over the net to save her life and she's now started the year with a title in adelaide and that's that's great and uh, she finished the year really strong um you know making making the finals of the wta finals and she's got she's one of those players who can just peak from a lot of matches in a row and just keep smacking down serves huge ground strokes and she's got really good fighting spirit and you know she's you know she's so hard working um and if she do, and she's the kind of player that if she does face a top player like Shriantek, if Shriantek is having an off day like she did in Fort Worth, Sabalenka is there to just take advantage. So I don't see why she can't win this tournament. I think she's quite high up in the in the odds as well. So yeah, in the chance enough. definitely. Give me the case against Miles. I hate to do this to her, and I hate that she put me in this uh, situation because um, I'm I'm before the draws actually come out. I want to pencil in Sabalenka as my champion. However, I do believe if there's anything that's going to hold her back, it's one going to be the although she's shown signs of showing it up a little bit more, the instability of her serve and in general her game can just go awry because it's so big. And on top of that, um, I do believe that she's started to develop some kind of mental scarring. She's been to three Grand Slam semifinals and arguably could have won all three of them, but didn't win any of them. So um, if she gets to that stage again, we have to, we'll have to see what type of um, determination and uh, positive energy that she has to kind of fight through some of those demons. And if she doesn't have it on that day, she's not the winner. So that's my case against. Very good cases, I think, from both of you. Yeah, Scar Tissue couldn't agree more. Up a break uh, as in the decisive set against Fiontek, amongst others. And and there's that. And we don't know what she's like. But case four, uh, for me, is probably as strong as it's ever been. And uh, form is pretty good. She was possibly the best player at the WTA finals. I know she lost the final, but in a very high quality match against uh, Garcia. And... I think she has the game, most biggest game on tour that's capable of troubling Sviontek. Um, she beat her in the WTA finals, if I'm right, in the semi-final miles. Am I right on that one? Um, she beat Sviontek, and, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she pushed her very close in, in New York as well, probably closer than anyone else did. Boom. Okay, let's move on uh, to our next player, 
which is Miles, give me the case for. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Daniel Medvedev winning the Australian Open. Good one. I think he's his form doesn't necessarily show on paper that he's in prime uh, at prime level to win the Australian Open. However, being a two-time losing finalist, I think he has some motivation deep down in his gut to finally lift that trophy. Honestly, when I was uh, tuning up to uh, watch their semifinal between Djokovic and Medvedev and Adelaide, they're two of the best hardcore players in the past three or four seasons. A lot of people are, um, they can't handle Medvedev when it comes to uh, neutrality of the rallies and, you know, mix that in with a, a, a really large serve. I think he just likes the conditions there. Again, it's a hard court and, He's been there. He's won six matches there before. Why can't he win a seventh? So I think he can do it. Very good. Give me the case against uh, Jethro. Yeah. Um, I think this, this is a real shame with Medvedev, what we've seen over the last year, because, you know, if you asked me this a year ago, I'd be racking my brain thinking, how is he, how is he not going to win the Australian Open without Djokovic there? And now he is there. And I'm, Djokovic isn't the only worry. I just, I'm really just concerned about, his form, he just he's lost so much edge to his game. He's making so many more errors than he used to. He used to just be impossible to break down from the back of the court. He's lost he's lost a lot of serve potency. Players like Sitsapas and Kyrgios last year have really developed a a very good tactic and a good way of beating him. And you know, Djokovic was implementing that in Adelaide with the serve and volley. And it just feels like he's lost a lot of his form and a lot of his kind of dominance and people are figuring out his game. And this, I think it's still going to be a while until we see him back to his best and he kind of figures out ways to bring, bring new elements into his game. Um, and I just don't, and I think it's too soon. And there were matches in Adelaide where he played really well. And, but then, you know, his foot, he just didn't, he couldn't bring anything to the table against Djokovic really. So yeah, I, I don't think he'll go out early, but I think if he comes up against, you know, a, a, a top player who's playing really well, it's going to be, you know, tough to see him getting getting further than the quarterfinals or semifinals in the way he's playing. Barely remember him winning a, a match against a top 10 player for about the last 12 months. Um, mm-hmm. He may have done, or top eight player perhaps, um, because he lost all of his matches in Turin. Um, and three words probably for me, lost his mojo. Okay, yeah. uh, next on my list, give me the case for... For Miles and Jethro against, but for you, uh, for you first, Miles, give me the case for Coco Goff winning the Australian Open title. Okay, I would love to see it. Um, another player that comes in off of the heels of uh, some really, really good confidence, winning the China, winning the title in Auckland, and I believe she was a sniff away from beating 
Kennan at the 2020 Australian Open. So she has some recollection of that court and the arenas being good to her and just kind of having, having a good vibe there. Uh, I think she gets really, really good crowd support almost everywhere she goes. So a mixture of crowd support, uh, an improved serve, and an improving forehand and confidence off the heels of a title. I don't see why she can't do it. And Jethro, give me the reason why Coco Goff will not be winning this year's Australian Open. Gosh, you know, it's tough because the game is there, I think, for the most part. Like, I don't think beforehand's as bad as people on tennis Twitter say, to be honest. Um, it's certainly not a strength. But, um, yeah, I just I think it's similar. Like, she's got the game, but I'm just worried about the competition again with so many good players. Um Lots of people entering with good form, and I'm still I would still consider her a contender, even though I'm arguing against her. But yeah, I just think she can do really well. But I think she, in in one of the late rounds, and I think she'll make the second week. But I think she will run into someone who's just having a better day than her. Um, yeah, yeah, this isn't. I don't like so far. This is just isn't a slam. I see her winning yet. Um, if we're talking French Open or Wimbledon, then and all the US Open for that matter. Then that's another question. But yeah. I think, it's, I think it's more difficult to to compile a case for uh, right now uh, just because um, I have her in my third group, in that group, if you like. I've got I've got Sabalenka, I think, and and maybe Garcia and Pagula. Uh, I'm fine with putting them, any of those three, in whichever order you want, uh, probably behind Sviontek. And then there's the next group of which Coco Goff is in. Okay, uh, Jethro, just so you know, as soon as I see Diego swing his racket, or or actually, more importantly, I got see it. a good... Got it on tennis TV. We're all good. We're all good. Oh, okay. Has, are they warming up yet? Yeah, they're just warming up. Okay, so hopefully we'll be done in the next five or ten minutes. I, I'm pretty sure we'll be, uh, because we are down to my last few players. Okay, um, Jethro, give me the case for Taylor Fritz winning the Australian Open. Yeah, I can totally see that happen. Um, he's elevated his game amazingly in the last kind of 18 months or so. Um, serves really good. The backhand is so much better than than I remember, you know, in previous seasons gone by. The forehand's been a weapon since, you know, since he broke on onto the scene. And the backhand's so solid, you know, and he can really use that as a weapon. He takes it so early. And on the quick card courts, that's a real weapon. Um He's so good at taking time away from his opponents. Um, and with the speed of the court in Australia, that's going to serve him really well. You know, we had that bonkers match with Djokovic in um, 2021 when Djokovic got that ab injury. Um, and Fritz managed to lose that and also go on to lose against Nadal, who also had an ab injury uh, at Wimbledon. So as long as he doesn't face an ab injured Nadal or Djokovic, <laughs> I'm sure he can he can give them a challenge if they're completely fit, I reckon. Um so yeah, no, I I don't I think I'm not even really, th really thinking about the draw for him. I think he's he's got the tools to beat anyone. He's so good on both wings. His movements a lot better than it used to be, and got a great serve. Yeah, I think he's he's probably like a top six, top five contender for sure. Uh, give me the case against Miles. I think my biggest argument for him not winning it is because I can't remember a time when we go into a Grand Slam where Taylor Fritz has actually been in the top five or six names. So I'm interested to see how he's actually going to cope with that. I, as much as I have really enjoyed watching him over the past six to eight months and I'm super impressed by his ability to up his level in, in tennis, especially against some really good competitors, I do question um, 
his thought process and belief in himself once he gets to that second week because if we're being honest him being in the second week of a grand slam is relatively new for him so if he can get past that quarterfinal stage maybe we might see some question marks and if those question marks are popping up in his head if a game opponent is across the net from him then uh, it doesn't look too good for him cool okay give me the case for uh miles give me the case for jessica pagula Oh, man, I picked her to win the U.S. Open, actually. Um, and she was kind of close. Um, I think she's a really, really good hardcore player. I feel like that's where she gets the most out of her game, uh, watching her beat Swiatek and just really kind of be an anchor for the United States team in, United, in the United Cup this past week was good to see. There's not much that can go wrong in her game. I've never seen her kind of just have a really – tremendously off day she's off the heels somewhat of the biggest title of her career at the wta 1000 in guadalajara the surfaces may play similar i don't think it's going to be similar as far as altitude um and a lot of players don't um have a necessary game plan against pagula so she may use that to her advantage she does everything solidly and that may may solidly have her lifting the title case against jethro yeah um I think she's going to be tough to beat, but um, I think I do think that the power players, as the tournament goes on, are probably going to be the ones who can can put her away. Um, oh, sorry, my cat's going nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is your cat a Pagula fan? Maybe that maybe we're yeah, happy with your Pagula prediction. Or, or um, yeah, no, I think. Someone like Sabalenka or Garcia, I know we've mentioned them already. Um, I think they've got the game to take her down. She's a great, you know, she's so good defensively and she's she's so hard to put away, Pagula. But um, I don't know, she hasn't reached a slam final yet. And I just, and Australia is a tough place to go and win when you've never never been to a final before. Um, but she played really well at the United Cup. So, you know, Shwantek's going to have an upper game if they do come across each other again. But yeah, I'm I'm just not, convinced she has everything to to beat you know all the top players you know who, who come against her in the in the australian open it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Cool. Jethro, why is Stefano Sitsipas going to win the Australian Open? Um, yeah, I can see it. He's in really, really good form. He's made three semifinals at the Australian Open before. Um, and his issue has been Daniel Medvedev in the semifinals. And if that does happen again, I'm probably going to be favouring Sitsipas in that matchup because he seems to have unlocked something in that, you know, in that in that matchup. And he's figured out a way to beat him. And I wouldn't, you know, I would never count Medvedev out of reaching an Australian Open final. But I think... Sitsipas is doing a really good job of adding a lot of elements to his game. Um, he's hitting the ball really hard. He's serving great. His forehand's really, really solid. And his backhand's improving. And yeah, I think and he's got the game. And we saw he can play against Djokovic in Paris. You know, he really took the game to him and he, he could have won that match. So yeah, I think he, he can be a threat against anyone in Australia. 
Cool. Before I come to you, Miles, uh, for those of you watching, make sure you hit the like button. And if you're new, subscribe to the channel. We're going to be with you pretty much 24-7 throughout the Australian Open, give or take a couple of hours. But now, Miles, pause for breath and tell me why Stefanos Tsitsipas is not going to win the Australian Open. I think he has all of the tools, physical tools, to win almost every tournament he enters. I think something happens when he looks over to his box and sees his dad or the combination of his dad and somebody else who may be entering as a consultant on his team. I think he starts to think too much. I think even if he's in like really comfortable winning positions, he for some reason doubts himself, doubts himself in his game, or he starts to think too much about what he should be doing on the court instead of just letting it flow. And all of that makes him seem a little bit stiffer than he needs to be in very clutch moments. So if he has one of those performances where he's, where to me, it looks like he's thinking too much and not just allowing his natural game to flow, I think um, there's a couple of players who fancy taking advantage of that, just like somebody by the name of Daniel Galan first round of U.S. Open. I mean, it could literally be anybody. We've seen mm -hmm. Stefanos beat people that he should be beat and should be beating and lose to people that just on paper you think that he's, he should be being beating comfortably. So it's up in the air. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, he wins the tournament because he's the second best player on tour right now over a short period of time, admittedly. And the reason he doesn't is Novak Djokovic. Um, okay, uh, next one. Uh, let's go with why um, Jeff Rowe is Iga Sviontek going to win the Australian Open? Um, yeah, well, the most dominant tennis player, men or men or female, last last season. Um, two slams. I'm. I, I think that she's just getting so good at adapting to whatever challenges come her way. You know, she was close when she got to the semifinals last year and, you know, she lost to Daniel Collins, but like the, the level that she's gone and gone to from, from that level over the last year is just extraordinary. Um, and when she's playing at her best, I'm not sure anyone can beat her unless it's on a grass court. I'm not sure anyone can beat her right now at her best. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it really. Miles, why is she not winning it? As much as I do believe that she's really good on hard courts, I still don't think that she is as elite on hard courts. She's defending semifinal points. She realizes that a lot of the tennis world just expects her to kind of lift this title with the trajectory that she's been on since March of 2022. Um, but something in my WTA... Uh, bloodstream i guess for lack of a better term tells me um and just history tells me that the players that get hot for a while at wta tend to cool off and it would not surprise me if she has a performance that starts to cool her off at the australian open especially off the heels of how she looked against jessica pagula she could have a performance where it's just not clicking and sometimes we've seen her in some of her matches when it's just not clicking not be able to kind of fight and scratch and even make it competitive sometimes. So if she has one of those days at the Australian Open, it could be somebody that looks like Elise Cornet knocking her out. So fair enough. Okay, um, Miles, Maria Sakkari, <laughs> my favorite. Well, I shouldn't say that because people already tell me enough that I uh, kind of you know am too easy on her sometimes. Um, I think she just when I when I watch her play, I just see such natural athleticism that 
she could hang hang and beat almost anybody on tour. I still have in my memory how she gave Serena all she could handle at the U.S. Open in 2020. Maybe she needs a setting like that where people aren't really mentioning her as much. Um, but I, I think she has the game and the serve to hang with just about anybody. And if she has um, a week of just believing in herself and if people in her team are telling her that you are the top player, that the rankings show that you are, I don't see why she can't have a breakthrough and finally win a trophy outside of Rabat. And why is she not winning it, um, Jethro? Um, I can see her going deep, but I'm still just concerned about her game when it comes to, you know, semi-final, final level, um, especially at Grand Slam. You know, she hasn't, you know, been right at the deep end of a, of a Grand Slam for a while. And, you know, the and it's her, yeah, just I think just the way she deals with pressure is still a concern. I think she's a fantastic player. Um, but, yeah, there are still question marks about that. And I just think if she's up against, you know, one of the top four, top five, you know, like a Jabur or, Sabalenka in the semi-finals. I just, I just don't think Zachary would just have it in her to win that. I could be wrong, but yeah, I just, I'm just not confident in uh, her ability to handle pressure yet. Fair enough. Talking of pressure, um, let's go with Angebur Jethro. Well, she's got all the all the tricks in the book. All the all the she's a fantastic shot maker, um, and. She's getting she's getting closer and closer to being a real real slam contender. I mean, we all thought she was going to win Wimbledon last year, and then Rabakina played a fantastic final from you know the second set onwards to kind of snatch that away from her. But um, and you know she very nearly made the final against Eager in New York, very competitive. But yeah, um, she's good in. I think she's good on in all conditions. You know whether it's a clay court or whether it's you know a quick court. Um. Australia's quick and yeah, she's just got such good hand skills. She's, you know, she's so talented. She can, you know, blast players off the court. She can craft a way out of, you know, tricky situations and she has got the game to beat anybody. Um, it just, I think it just, she might need a good draw and uh, bring her best level all the, you know, in every match she plays. Cause when she plays poorly, then she is very susceptible to a, to an upset. But um, yeah, no, I think she can definitely win the Australian Open. Miles, why is she not winning it? I think to a certain degree, the variety in her game kind of is to her own detriment. I believe that she has so many tools in her arsenal that sometimes she doesn't pick the right one against the right player in the right situation. And again, if she puts herself into the later rounds of a tournament, it's going to be that question again, kind of looming from the media and from reporters. Can you do it this time? And if she doesn't you know sleep on those questions well and is kind of self-doubting herself we won't see her lifting the trophy this time so jethro why is holger runa winning the australian open oh that's interesting um i would actually have a really good against argument for him but um Same. yeah i mean <laughs> yeah um well i mean he ended the season incredibly well um in a way it's a bit of a shame we didn't see him at the hp finals just because that would have been really interesting to see how we held up against all of those players. But yeah, you know, that, that win in Paris was amazing. Um, he's improved so much. That's so, like the serve is going to serve him, like serve, serve him really well. Um, in, uh, in Australia with the quick courts, you know, it's, it's a real weapon now and his, his forehand's massive. He's got a really good backhand. He's, he's got, he's got, all, he's got the game. Um, 
he's not scared of anyone. He's, you know, he's a big match player, which we've seen many times with that whenever Djokovic and, you know, sits a pass and uh, at the French Open. So, yeah, I think, I'm not even thinking draw. I think he's got the ability to take, to take on anyone, you know, is I think we're probably going to see like a, a, an Alcaraz like year from him. Maybe, maybe he'll regress a bit because people are figuring him out, but yeah, he's, he's got the tools. I would say. Miles, why is he not winning it? I think there's a certain level of experience and professionalism and a combination of both that he just hasn't tapped all the way into. I think he's well on his way, but I just simply don't think he has um, all of the tools kind of similar to what I was saying with uh, Anz Jabor. I think he has tools in his arsenal. I just don't know if he's tapped into all of them enough yet to win seven matches over the course of two weeks, especially over the especially at the elite level that a lot of players bring to a Grand Slam. So um, I think he has great potential to go deep, but winning it seems like too far of a stretch. Okay, the final player on my list. It's a man, and I want you, Jethro, to tell me why Felix Auger Aliassime is going to win the Australian Open. I'm sorry, Miles. I know you really... (laughs) (laughs) We can swap if you want. Yeah, no, so right. I, no. Oh wait, no, I actually have a I have I have a question mark. So you can go ahead, Jethro. You can take. Okay. It. Go, um, go on, Jethro. Go on. Yeah, I think last last Australian Open was enough for me to know that he definitely can win this tournament. Um, he was two points away from. Sorry, no. Yeah, it was match points away from uh, from beating Medvedev, and then Medvedev, you know, needed huge, huge clutch serves to to get him out of jail, and. Um, if the backhand holds up, then I think Felix, you know, he's got the serve, he's got the forehand, the plus one game is, you know, elite level. Um, and his game at Grand Slams was really, really impressive this year. And I think he'll do that again this year. And he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the contenders easily. Miles, why is he not winning it? I question a couple of different things. As much as I am big on Felix and his potential in the game, I question how he's going to deal with the change of scenery and conditions because I do believe those three weeks and four weeks, if you include include the ATP finals, he got accustomed to the conditions and he realized that they suited his game really, really well. They're going to be drastically different in Australia. And his first match of the season proved somewhat that he hasn't adjusted quite well yet. Um, I do think he's a great Grand Slam player. I think he kind of gets up for it, but we've also seen him lose early in Grand Slams to players that may cause trouble, but you ultimately think that a player of his caliber and talent level should be able to see through, and he hasn't been able to do that. So if he puts himself in a position or the draw gives him a questionable player that's unseated, maybe like a I don't. I mean, I kind of want to see this for entertainment, pur- entertainment purposes. But if he gets somebody like a Stan Wawrinka, and Stan Wawrinka just plays a, a incredible match on paper, you think Felix should be able to 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 win that based off of form. But we've seen some players kind of just catch him slipping. So if he's caught slipping in a big match moment against a player who's hot, he he loses. So that that would be unfortunate. But it is what it is. It is what it is. As is the end of this show. Um, thank you, by the way, both of you for joining me. It's been an entertaining show, uh, exactly as I wanted it to be. If there is a player, ladies and gentlemen, that you would like to have discussed and you're, you're spitting your porridge out, if it's breakfast where you are, or you're spewing on your tea or, or vodka or whatever it is that is your tipple at this time of day, evening or night, 
Make sure you give um, me a follow on Twitter or at least at Talking Tennis, TT. I'll put this all up on the screen. Uh, at Miles, sorry, Miles is at Tuned Into Tennis uh, or Jethro at Jethro underscore SB. I'll put this up on the screen right now. Uh, so we do something like this. I'll create this banner and we'll do something like that. Uh, that more or less uh, gets it done. Oh, that's J- uh, Jay Silk. Wrong one. Sorry. Um, tw- uh, just remind me, Miles, of your of your Twitter again. Sorry. Tuned into tennis. All one word. Yeah. Tuned into tennis. Okay. I don't know why I lost that, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> at Talking Tennis TT. And what are you, Jethro? Uh, Jethro underscore SB. So hopefully you guys don't get. I don't mind if you get spammed in the next couple of days with people saying, "Why didn't you do Cam Nori? Why didn't you do Raducanu? Um, <laughs> Raducanu? Raducanu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That she has a fan base for sure, and many, many others. Feel free to tweet us uh, if we have a case for or against. Uh, we will offer it. But in the case of perhaps uh, Trevisan, we can neither think of one for or against. So we might um, we might just give that one a wide berth. By the way, I'm a big Trevisan fan, and I love the celebration she did against Sakari. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, she provided a lot of fun throughout the night cup. Listen, Jethro, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, cheers. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, Miles, thanks to you too. Always a pleasure. Hopefully we'll be crossing paths again over the next week or two, uh, afternoon, evening, night or morning, whatever time it is, wherever in the world you are. Make sure you give these guys a follow on Twitter and uh, tweet them your thoughts on the Australian Open. Uh, To the rest of you, uh, make sure you get in the comments below if you are watching retrospectively and uh, we'll speak to you all very, very, very soon. If you enjoyed this video, Make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.